Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. Right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here breaking down week 15 in the NFL with my good buddy Rich Hill. And years past, season will be almost over, but now it's only kind of almost over because we got that extra game. <laughs> However, as we all know, it is time for the playoff push. I think, Rich Hill, there are some games this week that actually have playoff implications and teams can clinch divisions or playoff spots. Am I correct? Yeah, there's a ton of them. The the, uh, the Eagles kicked it off last week with the clinching the first playoff spot, but I believe like the Bills, the Chiefs, pretty much every team that has ten wins can start securing a playoff spot. Um, and there's a lot of them. Uh, and honestly, this final four week stretch of the season, a lot of really good games. I, I'm a huge fan of the league scheduling divisional games for the last two weeks, uh, and it seems like uh, for whatever reason, chance maybe. Uh, we have a lot of like really well-balanced games uh, other than the chiefs who should obviously smoke the Texans. The Eagles should obviously smoke the bears. Uh, but pretty much every team that's in the wild card hunt is playing another team. That's also in the wild card hunt or is at least still in the conversation. So it should be uh, a pretty exciting week of football in my mind. No, it should. I think there are actually some Saturday games this week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there's a couple three of them. like the bill. Yeah, I think the Bills and the Dolphins kick off Saturday night game. That's obviously a huge game. It's Dolphins at Bills. This is a game, I imagine, as Patriots fans, the the division is well out of reach. I guess Buffalo yep. could lose out and the Patriots could win out, and that might give them a shot. Probably, I think that's probably the only way that they can take the division. If Bills lose every single game, including <laughs> that last one against Patriots, and they win every single game, not going to happen. So we're pulling for the Bills on Saturday night against the Dolphins. Uh, yep. The Ravens-Browns play at the afternoon game, and then it's Colts-Vikings at 1 o'clock, which shouldn't be that interesting. But I think two of these three games are interesting ones. Yeah, totally. I mean, the the Ravens, I feel like, uh, are kind of just skating by with by the skin of their teeth. I don't know if you've been following them a little bit. Lamar Jackson's been been hurt and everything yeah. like that. So, like, they have a good reason for it. But, like, they beat the Steelers by two points last week. They beat the Broncos by one point the week before. They lost to the Jaguars one, by one point the week before that. They only put up 13 points against the Panthers, but were lucky to win. This is a hobbled team. Uh, I, I don't think that the Patriots necessarily have a, a chance to pass them uh, because the the Ravens and the Bengals are, you know, basically neck and neck for the AFC North title and they play each other in week 18. Uh, but I, I think that uh, you're kind of just rooting against the Ravens and kind of hoping that the bottom falls out at some point uh, because, uh, you know, uh, hopefully it softens the schedule a little bit for the Patriots. Absolutely. It's weird to have these rooting interests. They're so warped to what's been years past, but it is what it is. Uh, however, what's not a warped rooting interest is rooting for Tom Brady on Sunday. Buccaneers are playing the Bengals. <laughs> They're hosting the Bengals. The Bucs are just bad this year. 
just one of those things. They're having an off year. Brady isn't, he's actually playing pretty well, but he's, there's things that aren't working out for him. The Bengals, however, are playing pretty well. Uh, did yep. you see the Buccaneers taking care of this at home against the Bengals? Uh, honestly, it's one of those games that I wouldn't be surprised by if they did. Like this Bucks team is bad. Like and Brady is, is not, not playing well, uh, but he has no help. Like literally he is the entire team right now. This is reminiscent of like the 2019 Patriots uh, where it was just like, he had no one around him. Like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are just like not functioning as well as they historically have uh, in this Byron Leftwich team. Uh, Bruce Arians must have brought such a strong element to this, but also in particular, the O-line is terrible. They've had so much turnover there. They have the worst running game in like NFL history. Uh, their defense is just, just not impressive. Uh, like they, they, they are doing fine from like a points allowed perspective, but like it's, it's not a good, not a good unit. I mean, they just got smoked by the Brock Purdy led 49ers. So then uh, Buccaneers are fortunate that they're in a very weak division, so they don't necessarily like, need this. And they have games against the Cardinals, Panthers, and Falcons to close out the year. So, like, they could lose to the Bengals, fall to six and eight, and still finish the season with a winning record and the NFC North title. Uh, but I'm, I'm not necessarily expecting them to beat the Bengals. Uh, and so I, I think that really sets the stage for Patriots Bengals showdown the next week. Yeah, that's going to be the game to watch because that's a game that I think the Patriots kind of have to win against the Raiders, which we'll talk about in a minute, and they're not going to beat the Bills, and that Dolphins game could go either way, and I feel like if they can beat the Bengals next week and beat the Raiders this week and maybe get some help, they can still sink into that seven spot. Depending on, I guess, another big playoff implication game, the uh, one of the other afternoon games on Sunday, Chargers hosting the Titans. Yep, These are two teams I just can't figure out. They're both kind of good. They both kind of stink, and I guess it depends on which team stinks more on that, that slot. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the Titans are just like the Bucks. They're fortunate that they play in the South. Like, both South divisions have historic – they're just bad. They are just terrible. Uh, the Titans are, are at 7-6. and six. They look terrible, uh, but they're on en route to, like, winning the divisional title again. Like, there's just no competition in that division. Uh, but that said, like, Justin Herbert and the Chargers have very much underwhelmed this year. They've had some injury at wide receiver. Uh, Patriots really want the Titans to win this one, right? Because, like, it doesn't matter who wins the AFC South. They will always get one of those top spots in the, the playoff picture. But the Chargers are going neck and neck with the Patriots. If the Chargers lose this game to the Titans – Patriots have a much clearer path into the postseason uh, just because, uh, you know, the the Chargers have a relatively soft schedule, you know, right? They, they got the Titans game. They're at the Colts. They host the Rams and they're at the Broncos. Like all four of these games should be very winnable. Um, but also like, I don't know, this Chargers team just lost to the Raiders two weeks ago. So like all of them are theoretically also very losable. Uh, Patriots need some help. They, they need the Chargers to lose because the Chargers are – right now their hardest competition for that seven spot because the other team that is vying for it thinking that the the dolphins are in that five spot uh, in that six spot uh the new york jets the new huh. york jets are at seven to six they're hosting the resurgent six and seven detroit lions uh the detroit lions in my m- mind uh I wouldn't be surprised if they knocked out the Jets. They put up 34 against the Vikings. They put up 40 against the Jaguars. They got a nail biter against the Bills on Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know if you remember watching that game, but like they've won five out of their past six games with wins like against the Packers, divisional game against the Bears, obviously, but like they knocked off like a good Giants team. This is not the same Lions roster that the Patriots blanked 29 0 back in week five. This is a team that could legitimately beat the Jets. Uh, and like, I'm, I wouldn't 
count out, count them out. <laughs> like, honestly, I, like, I, I would make them favorite. Yeah, I mean, look, and I've been, I've been saying it, I think since we started podcasting 300 plus episodes ago, Jets are going to jet. They're always going <laughs> to jet. They're going to find a way to blow this, and maybe the collapse starts this week with Detroit coming to town. But again, none of that matters, Rich Hill, because I know it's not mathematically correct, but if the Patriots don't take care of business against the Raiders this Sunday at 4.05 p.m. Eastern in Las Vegas, they've been on the West Coast since the Cardinals game. If they don't beat the Raiders on Sunday, season's over. Yep. Full, full, full stop. Yeah, totally, totally. And like, this is not an easy Raiders team to beat. They uh, just activated Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro off of the IR. So they are getting the cavalry for this week. Like they've been functioning as of late as just Josh Jacobs uh, and Devontae Adams as the entire offense. Um, And then like Mac Hollins, a very, very distant third, but they are now getting an all pro level tight end and getting one of the best slot receivers in the league that as we all know, is the engine to a Josh McDaniels offense. So Derek Carr does have help coming. Uh, Alec, when you look at this breakdown between the Patriots and the the Raiders, Raiders have won three of their past four. They had a heartbreak loss against the Rams. What's your first thought on on the Patriots' chances here? Yeah, I mean, again, this is one of those matches where on paper, I think it makes sense. uh, But I think especially when you're on a back-to-back West Coast trip, your schedule's all messed up. There's always that kind of revenge game factor with Josh McDaniels playing his old team. We remember when he was head coach of the Broncos in 2009, he was able to pull out a victory against the Patriots on their their 6-0 start. This is one of those teams, like the Raiders were, I think everyone was having a, a lot of optimism around the Raiders coming into the season, and they just, they just haven't performed for whatever reason. They lost to the Colts, which is wild, but... On paper, looking at the roster, like they have some really, really talented guys on this team. And Chandler Jones is coming back in. He's borderline Hall of Famer, in my opinion. The offense is really, really good. It, I guess it really all depends on which Patriots team shows up on the offensive side of the ball. Is it the one we saw against the Arizona Cardinals, where they're going to do a lot of quick screens and try and get some guys in the end zone? I don't know. Also, like Ramondre Stevenson didn't practice yesterday. I don't know what his status is going to be. Luckily, some of the guys that were out last week are looks to be back. Coach Kobe Myers is one of those guys coming back. But I, I really, I think we should maybe start off talking about the Patriots offense against the, the Raiders defense because I, I think this is the kind of situation where the Patriots are going to need more than 20 points out of their offense to win this one because the Raiders, they're not a dangerous team, but they have big playability. And with those guys you mentioned coming back, I can see them doing a lot of kind of long sustained drives and in points. And if the Patriots get behind a couple of scores, I don't know if they have the ability to come back, period. But I don't think this is a situation where you can rely on the defense to keep you in it, get a big turnover and score. You got to actually get production out of the offense in this one. Yeah, totally. I agree. Uh, and this is fortunately one of the, the worst defenses in the league. Raiders are 27th in points allowed per drive. Uh, they allow long extended drives. Uh, they rank 31st in turnovers for, forced. So like they don't turn the ball over. So this is a good chance for the Patriots to build off of whatever they put together last week. Uh, and hopefully, you know, add some elements to it. But like, I agree with you. The biggest issue is can Ramondre Stevenson go uh, in my head? I would kind of be surprised if he was able to go. That looked pretty nasty out there. Uh, but fortunately, Damien Harris will hopefully be able to return. Uh, and I would love to see more Pierre Strong. He looked extraordinarily dynamic out there. Uh, so I, I think that the running back position, the cal- they, they have depth in that spot. The bigger issue in my mind um, is obviously I hope Jacoby Myers comes back. But I think that the loss of Devontae Parker, if Parker is unable to go because he's in concussion protocol, if he's unable to go, this Patriots receiving group, uh, 
it has no threats. Uh, like this is a situation where if I were Josh McDaniels, who will likely be emulating everything that he's learned from Bill Belichick in the like make them lead long extended drives, uh, you focus your defensive resources on Jacoby Myers and then just see if if Mac Jones and the offense can win with anyone else. Because like I don't think they can. I like uh, that's one of those challenges where like it, it, Devontae Parker added such an element of like being able to stretch it out. And when they removed him, that's like partially why the Patriots were just like, we're only going to do screens. <laughs> we can't do anything down the field anymore. Uh, and Myers, uh, while he is a big threat, he operates in the middle of the field and he's not someone that will also bring that same outside element. And so uh, my offensive X factor is going to be Kendrick Bourne uh, because I think that he showed last week that he can do the run blocking thing. If Parker can't go, uh, they've elevated Tyquan Thornton to that starting wide receiver spot. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Thornton and Myers played 100% of the snaps. Uh, but, you know, Aguilar has been so up and down. Bourne has always been that home run player for this Patriots offense. He showed that he can run block. I think that he's earning more and more time on the field. Uh, and I just think that he brings such a strong energy. And if the Patriots are going to score points against this Raiders team, they need to have more explosive plays. Like they needed that Pierre strong run last week in order to flip the field. They need a couple of those here to beat the Raiders, to be able to keep up with the offensive firepower of this Raiders team. And Bourne has been that guy for them. And so he's going to be my X factor. I'm not expecting like a hundred plus yard day from him, but he needs to get involved into that offense. And they need the Patriots need to find a way to continue to diversify where the targets go to and not just let Jacoby Myers be the vacuum and suck them all up. It's funny, Rich, you mentioned Tyquan Thornton because he's going to be my offensive X factor. He played close to hundred percent of the snaps against the Cardinals due to the injury to Parker. And again, I've been harping, I've been playing this, 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 the same tone over and over, just like, when are they going to take a deep shot for him? I don't, I don't understand why. I know he's not like this, like massive six, five, 230 pound guy, but he's, he's six, two, six, three. He's been a buck 85. So he's not like a small guy. He's good in space. He's fast. I just don't understand why they don't take a couple home run shots down the field with him. Even if they don't get completed, if it's like a, a decoy waste of a down where he goes just a simple out route or a go or a post up and they, they, they go a shot to him. I think they're going to really have to open the middle of the field and prevent the Raiders from stacking the box and looking to stop the run. Because once Stevenson went down, you saw against the Cardinals, they didn't really need to do that anymore. And it hurt and it bit him. Luckily the rookies really stepped up and I was very happy with the performance from both Harris and strong, but I'm really just keep waiting for Tyquan Thornton to just be the speedster and the deep threat that maybe they brought him on to be. I'm not expecting a breakout year from him. It's a very hard system to learn as a receiver, but I'm looking for maybe like five deep shots and we've gotten maybe one so far this season. So I have like four games to get one per game. So mm -hmm. if I get one deep shot to Tyquan Thornton this year, other this game, excuse me, caught or not caught, I'll consider my X factor a massive success. Oh, totally. I mean, like, I think they need to get Thornton involved. I think that's something that, like, cannot be understated, uh, is that their utilization of him is, like, really bad. Like, really, yeah. really, really bad. Like, I, I think for all of the grief and expectations that folks heaped on Nikhil Harry, like, reasonably so as a first-round pick, Thornton is being less productive, which is like extraordinarily notable. Like during Nikhil Harry's time with the Patriots, he averaged 18 yards per game, which is like not a lot, but like also like the number of targets that he got, he averaged 5.8, which is terrible. Like that's just for context. That is really, really bad. That is wildly unproductive. Thornton's coming underneath that. He's averaging 16 yards a game at five yards per target. 
like this is something that like hopefully he can continue to develop because obviously he's still it's very early in his career uh he's going to get more opportunities but in order for him to become a productive player in this offense he does need those targets uh i feel like we've seen enough from aguilar to know exactly what he is and what he is not and i think it's beyond time to allow taekwon thornton to get some opportunities to take the top off uh in the way that like we've seen historically chris hogan do like if, if we can make taekwon thornton the new chris hogan that would be an immense success in my mind and just like get him two to three deep targets a game keep the defense honest but they just need to give him those chances to pull it down yeah just give him some chances that's all i really want yeah he's, he's got a couple of short shallow passes he's good in space he's shifty you know he's able to pick up five six yards after the catch a lot of times because he's able to get that first explosive first step but uh he's not getting the opportunities and again i think this as Bill Belichick said a couple weeks ago, the offense is at this point. We're not expecting them to reinvent the wheel, and maybe he'll get some meaningful reps, and they'll revamp the offense in a way next season where he'll be more of a factor. Um, before we switch to the defense and the Raiders' offense, Rich, we are talking about the running game. I agree with you. I think Stevenson will be out this game. I think the Patriots are capable of winning without Stevenson this week. They're really going to need him for week 16 and beyond, so I'd rather him rest one week and, and get healthy. Uh, Damian Harris will be the lead back in my opinion, if I had to guess. And I think it'll be Harris and Pierre Strong because Pierre Strong's more of the, the change-up back. Uh, do you see a role for Kevin Harris on this on this offensive game's planning at all if Stevenson can't go, or is it more of the, the Stevenson-Strong show, or the Harris-Strong show, excuse me? Yeah, I feel like if, if Damian Harris is able to go, I see a hard time for Kevin Harris to get on it. But that said, Pierre Strong is like – a special teams contributor. And so I could see Harris being activated just in case, you know, it just takes one more injury, you know, like they, they need to have that depth out there. And if Harris is, or, you know, Damian Harris is banged up, you need to have someone ready in the wings. So I would be not surprised if Harris were activated, but did not play a lot uh, as Damian and Pierre are the top two, but like Pierre was so dynamic. I'm very excited to see a little bit more from him uh, because I think that he does also bring that homer threat. I mean, that's partly why they drafted him. He has that speed in the way that Tyquan Thornton does. Uh, and he showed that with his 44 yard gain. So would love to see him get more involved uh, because Patriots have to keep up with this Raiders offense. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. I know that the Raiders only put up 16 points uh, against the, the Rams last week, but they have all the talent in the world. Josh Jacobs is the top back in the entire league right now. No exaggeration. Yards from scrimmage, 1,748. Devontae Adams, he's been one of those, uh, maybe not necessarily rare, but like 
he's living up to his contract and expectation, 1,246 yards and 12 touchdowns. Uh, those are your top two guys. Would be interested to see how Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro return and integrate into this offense as Matt Collins has been a solid number two, 628 yards on the year. Uh, and Foster Moreau uh, has been kind of filling in some of the spots there at that tight end role. Um, but like, not necessarily like a huge receiving threat. Uh, we get like a catcher to a game, um, but getting those reinforcements on offense will change a lot of things. And so if you are Steve and Bill Belichick, how are you going to approach this Raiders offense? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, obviously the Bill Belichick MO is take away their best weapon and make you make them beat you with their third and fourth option, but uh, their third and fourth option just got a huge upgrade. So mm -hmm. it's very, very complicated especially in the passing game the real concern for me rich hill is the fact that josh jacobs is 223 pounds um yep. you look at what james connor did to the patriots last week he averaged almost six yards a carry and a lot of those were after contact that touchdown he had he basically carried the entire team 10 yards into the end zone the patriots have struggled against big bruising backs since like 2019 you think about that playoff game where derrick henry just carried the entire Patriots offense around the field for the entire game in a pretty embarrassing playoff exit in the wild card round. And I just don't know if the Patriots have the personnel, honestly, or the ability to stop a running back like Josh Jacobs, which makes me wonder if it might be just not sell out the, the, the run completely, because I don't think you can necessarily leave Miles Bryant or Marcus Jones on an island when they need these guys. But I think you have to go really big up front. You have to really rely on your front line to be massive beasts, Maybe the Godshaw, a Lawrence guy. I don't know what Christian Barmore's available is going to be, but him being back at practice could be a big factor. We'll see what happens with him. But I think it's going to be those those middle A-gap run stuffers, uh, the combination of, of Guy and Godshaw, that's going to be my X factor today because if they can't hold their line, if they can't close gaps, if they can't set the edge with Judon and Josh Uche on the outside, uh, it's going to be a very, very long day. So I'm looking for a lot of just big up front and then maybe smaller in the secondary to keep up with the guys. A lot of double teams, a man's zone look perhaps, and just try and keep everything in front of you because if Dante gets behind him or if Hunter Renfro starts going nuts, it could be a very, very long day. Yeah, no, honestly, like this is a challenging offense to match up against, especially if Waller and, and uh, Hunter are available to go. Uh, the interesting thing about this, uh, this Raiders offense is just like the lack of rotation that they have on offense. Like if you look at it, uh, Matt Collins, Devontae Adams, uh, they play almost 100% of the snaps, like everything other than like the kneel downs. Uh, and, and then uh, you have uh, Josh Jacobs plays, you know, three out of four snaps out there. They have Amir Abdullah sometimes waiting in the wings. Brandon Bolden gets like a snap here or there. Um, but like those four will generally be on the field, uh, you know, referring to Foster Moreau as well. Uh, like they will have a tight end on the field 100% of the snaps. And if Darren Waller is available to go, it will be that guy. Um, they have Keelan Cole, Jakob Johnson. Uh, they are flipping between like that fifth person, whether it's a slot receiver or a fullback. Uh, it's pretty standard. You know, it's, it's pretty much what we had come to expect with Josh McDaniels on that offense. But the issue comes with Matt Collins being six foot four and Devontae Adams also just being, you know, six foot one, but like the best receiver in the entire league. Uh, there's no easy matchups here. This is not a case where you can say, okay, uh, I can trust like this person in our secondary to handle this person on an Island, because like if Jack Jones has his knee injury and he's not really able to go, who covers Matt Collins? I have no idea. 
I have no idea who has the cut. I'm not going to put five, eight miles Bryant or five, nine Marcus Jones on him. Like this is a situation where the Patriots uh, personnel just does not match up well. Uh, if you're considering man coverage. And so what I am really hoping is that Jalen Mills will be able to go. So then we can have Jonathan Jones plus safety help, likely Devin McCourty in like just bracket coverage of, of Devontae Adams the entire times. And then you have Jalen Mills plus like also Kyle Duggar. Like you need to have cover two out there as much as possible to make sure that there's no home run plays uh, and have them bracketing or just covering Matt Collins on the other side. Uh, and then you just need to really hope that, uh, you know, Marcus Jones uh, has earned the time, but Miles Bryant, like, I feel like gets a, a little bit of a bum rap. Uh, he's not as bad, but he does have like a bad or like a really badder player to every single game uh, having them, uh, making sure that Hunter Renfro doesn't just operate freely underneath. Uh, Patriots need to keep everything in front of them. Uh, they also just uh, need to set the edge. That has come, become the story of the, the later part of the year, and they've been doing it well. I think it's like a huge testament to this defense that they've been able to uh, have really great gap integrity on the edge. Matthew Judon is continuing to play extraordinarily well. Josh Uche has elevated to the next level. Uh, Dietrich Wise also continues to be really great. Um, Juwan Bentley is going to be my X factor because the Patriots need the middle of their defense to thrive, uh, in, in order to win here. They need someone who can go head on head against Josh Jacobs. Juwan Bentley is the Patriots thumper. He's likely going to be asked to make sure that Jacobs does not break free for a big player too. Like obviously everyone else on the defense will need to be a part of like gang tackling and stuff like that. But Juwan Bentley is, and needs to be that guy in the middle to make sure that Jacobs also like doesn't catch stuff out of the backfield, making sure that he doesn't get into that next level. So if, if Bentley uh, plays well in typical Bill Belichick fashion, the Patriots defense will go as well as the linebackers play. That is a classic Belichick dilemma. Uh, it also might come down to which Derek Carr shows up. I mean, he's been an interesting stat to watch this season. He has really good games. He was like 11 for 20 for a buck 37 and two picks last week against the Rams did not have his best game, but then he threw for like 303 against the Seahawks, but he's had at least one interception uh, in the past three games. He had two against Seattle, one against the chargers and then two against the Rams. So forcing a couple turnovers will be a big deal because again, field position has been a crucial part of the Patriots game plan, either on punt returns or getting a turnover and at least putting the Patriots where they only need like one first down to at least get some points and Nick Fulton can get a field goal. But again, we will soon see. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. This is not the Raiders team we thought in both a good way and a bad way. This game might have had better implications. Obviously, NFL thought it would because they initially had it in a primetime game. They flexed it out. And so, I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious to your prediction here, Rich, because uh, you actually were pretty damn close to the final score of the Cardinals game. You had a 24-13 Patriots. I think it was 27-13 Patriots, correct? Yep. So, um, good work. You get the hammer again today uh, at... Las Vegas, what do you got? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was all skill and not luck whatsoever <laughs> that I got that correct. Um, I think that the Patriots uh, can't keep relying on the defense to put points on the board. The offense put up 20 points against a terrible Cardinals offense, uh, Cardinals defense. I would expect something similar against this Raiders defense that has Max Crosby, uh, Chandler Jones to an extent, and not a lot else. Uh, their secondary is not great. Uh, they have old friend Deron Harmon out there, uh, but they have a lot of just kind of fine players out there. Uh, 
this is a defense that I think that the Patriots should be able to have as much, if not more success against than they did against the Cardinals. I think that they'll hopefully be able to build off of some of the, the work that they did against Arizona. Um, that said, this is a much better Raiders offense than the Colt McCoy led Cardinals. offense. So I don't think that the Patriots will hold them down to, you know, 13 points again. I still feel like the Patriots will win this one, but it will be a nail biter. I think that the Patriots win this one, something like 24 to 23. 24, yikes, 23. That is not a game I like to watch. All right, Rich, 24, 23 Patriots for Rich Hill. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I think I, I'm picking the Patriots in this game as well, but it is the homer in me that is doing so. I can definitely see the Raiders winning this, both with the offensive influx and the McDaniel's revenge factor. The double West Coast trips, a lot could be going against the Patriots. And there's always this one week where the Patriots lose and everyone else wins in a way that really hurts their playoff chances. It happens every year in the Tom Brady era. It could happen this year too. However, I'm going with the Patriots as well because I like what they did. They built a lot. They have a lot of momentum coming to this game. And I say take to something like the core of 28 to 21. All right. Well, we shall see. Uh, very excited for that final four weeks of the season, Alec. A uh, lot to break down. Hopefully we'll have a victory uh, Tuesday podcast for everyone. Do you have any final thoughts on uh, this week 15 of the NFL season? Thank goodness it's not in prime time, Rich. I can't take much more of these midnight articles i've been writing oh my gosh this is so much better uh i am thrilled about it alec until next time you have a good one you too buddy see you later